This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today we're talking about health information exchange security issues with Lee Barrett, Executive Director at the Electronic Healthcare Network Accreditation Commission. Thanks for joining us today, Lee. Thanks, Howard. Starters, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the commission and the organizations that it accredits? Sure. So, ENAC has been in existence since '95, and we are a 501c6 not-for-profit organization. We're federally recognized as a standards development organization, and we started back in '95 to focus on the clearinghouses of electronic healthcare networks. And so, we created a, a program in conjunction with the Association for Electronic Healthcare Transactions (AFACT) back then. And they put together a whole group of people, about 100 people, that developed the criteria for a program to accredit the, the clearinghouses. Got spun off as a separate organization. And so we started accrediting back then. Since then, we have accredited probably over 50 organizations that are in the clearinghouse electronic healthcare network realm. And we have broadened out pretty significantly by adding programs in the area of e-prescribing, uh, medical billing, financial services, banking, uh, as well as TPAs, third-party administrators. We've also added health information exchange as well, uh, and as I said, e- uh, e-prescribing. So we have focused really in uh, really four major areas: um, privacy, security, confidentiality. Uh, the whole aspect around the, the physical resources or the, the actual infrastructure that the organization has operationally. And we focus around the, the resources that that organization has as well to support um, whatever the, the services are that they're performing. So we've broadened that out over the past several years. We're also, there's legislation on the books in the states of Maryland and New Jersey specifically around our healthcare network accreditation program, which focuses on electronic healthcare networks and clearinghouses. That states, any payers in those states that use a clearinghouse have to use an ENAC accredited clearinghouse. And so we've broadened out over the past few years into some of the other program areas, e-prescribing, health information exchange. But one of the, probably the biggest aspects that we've got there is that uh, the focus around privacy, security, confidentiality. How long have you been accrediting health information exchanges and how many have earned accreditation? A little background. We spent about a year and a half developing the program. We put together a health information exchange advisory group and it was made up of, of approximately a hundred people slash organizations, policymakers uh, from across the industry to develop the criteria for this. We, we first developed a white paper to look at is there a need for accreditation? And the answer was yes. And so then we put together this, this group to develop all the criteria. Criteria for us equals standards. So we developed the standards over a year and a half and looking, looking at it from the standpoint of the criteria with significant focus around policy and procedures as well. So we launched that accreditation program, version 1.0, the end of October of 2010. So that was our version 1.0. Since then, we accredited. We have accredited two HIEs, um, and the Utah Health Information Network and Passport are the two organizations that have gone through through the accreditation process. We have uh, a number of others that are uh, looking at and evaluating it. One of the biggest things, Howard, is 
for HIEs to go through it is they need to be operational. So it's not just a matter of, listen, we'll, we'll just use ENAC to go through and see whether or not we got the right infrastructure before we even got an operational environment. So that's part of the issue. So uh, we've, uh, we've, gone in, we've gone in and we're, we're spending a significant amount of time on outreach. We've got several states, both uh, states of Maryland uh, as well as Utah and Minnesota all have legislation and regs that specifically state any HIEs in those states have to be ENAC accredited. Uh, and we're working with several other states to look at that model legislation and hopefully adopt. Review some of the privacy and security standards that an HIE must meet to earn your accreditation. So the, the standards, we've got a, a whole set of criteria around privacy and confidentiality. We have a number of our criteria are mandatory and others are, are optional, but an organization has to go through and they have to achieve 85% compliance with all of our criteria to achieve full accreditation. So aspects that we look at are candidate must have policies to protect against disclosure of PHI, and then there's a whole set of other policies and procedures criteria that go along with that. Candidate must use strong encryption as well as authentication and message integrity. And so, again, the whole aspect of authentication and assuring that between the parties you've got the, the, the appropriate linkage that's there. Candidate must maintain a list of all individuals, contractors, and business associates to access uh, PHI. So we have a fairly extensive list. It even goes on to po the policies, and the policies have to be in place as well. In, in our process, Howard, uh, so there's, there's probably over 30 different criteria here, just privacy, security, and confidentiality. So an organization, as part of our accreditation process, has to submit a self-documentation, self-document, self-assessment that indicates what they have done and show evidence that they meet the criteria. And then we have a site reviewer that actually goes out to validate that the, what the organization has provided actually what they have. So we're evaluating their actual physical security as well. Do you, do you have a specific criteria for how to gain patient consent for the exchange of their data? For patient consent, we don't have, I would say, a specific criteria around it. Our, ours are, are much broader than that because we're looking at it from the standpoint of saying, do you have a policy and a procedure of how uh, an individual can, in fact, achieve consent? So they have, to, they have to have that in place, they have to demonstrate there's a form for, for individuals to go through to determine who they want to have their information disclosed to or not. So we have to, they have to demonstrate that policy to us. Do you think most HIEs eventually will use the emerging federal nationwide health information network standards and or the direct project standards? And if so, how might that affect the value of accreditation you offer? I think they, in fact, will. Uh, at some point in time. What's, what's happening right now, we've got a lot of these HIEs that are in the process of, of really forming. And so I think the, the whole aspect of standard standardization is going to take time to catch on and for organizations to, to actually embrace it. I'm, I'm all in favor of, of standards to begin with, as long as they're not redundant, as long as we're not creating so much ambiguity be between standards that people don't know which standards to use. On the other hand, I think that I think the standards and what we're going to be do, what we do in our process is if, if there are certain de facto standards in the industry, 
what we try to do is we try to review those and we will adopt them as far as our criteria as well. I feel that as far as National Information Healthcare Network, it's clearly the vision where we're heading as you and I have talked about where, where this industry has come over the past 20 years, NIHN is going to be happening over the next 10. So we're going to have this in place, we're going to have portability on records, we're going to have portability on all this information. So we have to have the controls in place and the whole issue here as we're focusing on is about trust and trust of all the stakeholders regarding their information and their data. And so the only way we can do that is to put in the, the appropriate controls, the policies, the procedures, making sure we look at this from the standpoint of providing as much flexibility but as many controls as possible around the data. And so aspects of encryption, authentication, the controls around opting in, opting out, and providing, giving the patient the authority to make the decision on what's going to happen to their data are all critical. So we're providing really a, a, a process and we hope you know, setting a, a set of standards for HIEs and for the industry that um, as, as the industry, as ONC looks to, to move forward, we're hoping to be one of the uh, certifiers in, in the future, especially for, for HIEs, e-prescribing, and some of the other data points. We're not going to get into electronic health records. There, we've got a number of organizations, CCHAT and others, that are, that are doing a great job there, but we want to work synergistically with all the organizations and hopefully as we're looking at this don't create uh, redundant standards but we all specifically look to support each other as far as and where the niches are that, that each has uh, the greatest strengths in. Thanks very much Lee. We've been talking with Lee Barrett of the Electronic Healthcare Network Accreditation Commission. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.